Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. We're not out of the inflation woods yet. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Joining me as always to get through that news of the cray, Tregons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire. Fellas, what's up? It's Mini Monday. Living the dream on this Mini Monday. Yes. Right. And, you know, happy anniversary of one week from Election Day, which is still going on. <laughs> oh, election season, election <laughs> month. <laughs> Haven't settled on that yet. We talked about it yesterday as well. But, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous at this point. Just count the stuff. We have too much technology now. Everything's easier, except for we're regressing and counting. It seems. Well, they're counting one vote a day for the next 30 years. I guess. So. I would love to have just live cams. Someone set up a live cam of them counting votes. Are they playing Minesweeper all day? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's Part cheesy. Part cheesy. Part cheesy. Just as fun as watching paint dry and just as quick. <laughs> well, it's still going on. We're going to have the updates today. We also have a couple other stories. Pornhub, they're even worse than you can imagine. There's a new lawsuit detailing some truly horrific allegations. We'll have that. Plus, Billy's conversation on the main thing today with Tim Tebow talking about the gravity of the gospel. Good conversation there. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. And markets have overreacted to the news that inflation had tapered off slightly. This is according to Fed Reserve Governor Christopher Waller. Yesterday, he said everyone should just take a deep breath. He said of the market bump. He said we've got a ways to go yet. Inflation remains voters' top issue, which has a lot of people wondering how the party currently in charge of things managed to hold on to power. Uh, in the Senate, but uh, brace yourself. We could be in more of a roller coaster ride there on inflation. Amazon reportedly plans to lay off 10,000 corporate and technology employees as soon as this week. It's the third tech giant to announce major layoffs. Facebook did as well. And of course, Elon Musk essentially came in to being CEO and Grim Reaper of Twitter announcing major cuts at that tech giant as well. The man hunts over for the UVA shooter. He was apprehended yesterday after students and staff had to shelter in place for about 12 hours. And NPR, which is, of course, publicly funded radio, caused Americans to listen in shock and horror to a broadcast of a woman having an abortion. She was 11 weeks pregnant, and NPR described the baby as pregnancy tissue. And you can read Dr. Tara Sander Lee and her great response explaining the actual science on life in the womb over at cbnnews.com. So, guys, yeah, that story, and you can read it in the description here of the podcast as well. Kind of That got a little bit lost in the election because NPR did that. that. That was shocking that they did that. Played that audio and then described the baby in the womb as pregnancy tissue. Well, I, you know, that this is the real problem is the language that we use to describe this. And if there's going to be any win on the pro-life side, the pro-life side needs to move beyond just fact, which is central to this into emotion and language. You know, people on the left, they've really been good at using language to diminish what is in the womb, which is why pregnancy tissue is something that's been effective, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. And a sad irony, we we wrote about this when it first happened on faithwire.com. Um, but one of the sad ironies, I think, in all of it is that the woman who had an abortion uh, described what it felt like is like, oh, it's almost like childbirth. Like it almost feels like giving birth. I think like, do you not even hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? Yeah. And then to 
the reporter, do you not really understand what it is you're airing for everybody to hear? Like it's a, you know, you could hear the vacuum and hear the life being sucked out of this, this woman's womb. It's just, it's heartbreaking that we're so numb to it as a culture. And trying to, there's people who are trying to normalize this and take the shame out of it. As we saw in that Chuck Schumer video that we played during our election night coverage, and also you hear the woman in this, she's saying, no, I can't do it. And the nurse is saying, well, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And kind of trying to push her on through it. And this is publicly funded radio. This is your taxpayer dollars going towards this. And it's sad that it's come to this. And the egregious nature of trying to diminish what's inside the womb, when honestly, the action of abortion itself contradicts your viewpoint of it being just pregnancy tissue. If it's just some random tissue, why are you having to get rid of it? Well, because you know that it's a baby that's growing and that someday you're going to have to care for when it comes out of the womb. And so it's just these are self-defeating arguments that they're making. Uh, And it's sad to watch it all play out. Well, I think and two, our hearts should break for the for the woman. Right. Who is repeatedly. I mean, she said, I don't know if I can go to this, like you said, Dan, and repeatedly the nurse or the, the technician, whatever, is in there telling you, yes, you can. You can do this. And I wonder how many times she was had to she had to hear that before the tape started rolling, before we heard the recording. I think this is this is the result of a steady, consistent drumbeat. Uh, of abortion is not what it actually is. It's just reproductive health care. And then coaxing women into believing that this is the only option on the table. Mm. Uh, obviously, you're, up, you're, you know, you're responsible for your own choices, but she's a victim of this machine too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is the machine, and we talked about this, but that is the machine that we have to counter before elections, long before elections take place, is that you have to counter that narrative. All right, we're going to head into our next story here, and there is yet another lawsuit against Pornhub. Trey, what is the latest here? Yeah, it seems like the shots against Pornhub just keep coming. Since about 2019, they've been a, a, a consistent uh, headline uh, of attack against Pornhub. So this latest one is an Alabama mother uh, is suing the parent company of Pornhub, which is called MindGeek, uh, after footage of her 12-year-old son being sexually assaulted amassed hundreds of thousands of views on the website. So in her lawsuit, which is filed, like I said, against MindGeek, but also against the son's alleged rapist, Rocky Shea Franklin, uh, she wrote, this lawsuit concerns perhaps one of the most disturbing courses of conduct imaginable, the exploitation of child molestation for profit. Uh, So in total, Franklin published 20 videos between May and October of 2018. Uh, Franklin also, we should note, was sentenced earlier this year to 40 years in prison uh, for the sexual exploitation of children advertising child pornography and distributing child pornography. So he's being held accountable. And now this mother, uh, of course, is trying to hold Pornhub accountable because the the sad and horrific reality is even if and when Pornhub takes these videos down, they've been downloaded and pirated by other people who then re-upload them to other websites over and over and over again. So this 12-year-old child and her mother and his mother and family members and friends, whatever, they have to relive this horror over and over again. How is Pornhub responding to this? Because this is obviously horrific. Well, and by the way, that was not, this 12-year-old was not the only person uh, that Franklin assaulted. He sexually assaulted and molested Mm. another child too. Uh, So 40 years, you think, for just 
uh, for two children and just 40 years. And then all of those videos, like I said, live on in perpetuity on the internet. So uh, it's just despicable. So as far as Pornhub, in a very brief statement, they said, we sympathize with all victims of abuse. We have zero tolerance for illegal material. Uh, Those words kind of uh, feel empty uh, because they've been profiting off of this kind of content you can't help but think in any way other than knowingly uh, for years uh, and only started to even attempt to kind of clean house after they got caught. This is a perfect example of I'm going to continue doing what's wrong and run roughshod over the law until I am am trapped and like, I've been caught red handed. So Mm -hmm. now I guess I'll, I'll placate you and, and take down some videos. So what is the history we've reported? I mean, you've reported several times on, just the trouble that Pornhub is in. So what is kind of the history here? So in 2019, 2020, there was a a petition that was launched called Trafficking Hub. Now, there are a lot of anti-porn outlets or anti-porn initiatives that are just trying to uh, eliminate porn that's dangerous, uh, that's involving children or that wasn't consented to. But then Trafficking Hub, I think, is a stronger campaign because they see a moral issue with porn altogether, Mm -hmm. uh, which as Christians, we can align with that, right? We see an issue with porn over. Overall. And also, they've said there's no way to prove consent, and there's also really no way to prove the legitimacy of, of someone's age uh, in a video that you're watching. So, Pornhub has been uh, just you know hit with all kinds of lawsuits. Uh, but this is the latest one. But honestly, it kind of just corroborates what Layla Micklewaite, she's the founder of the Trafficking Hub campaign, she told us in 2020 that Pornhub is profiting off crime scenes. And this is just seems to prove that even more. So that came after a man in Fort Lauderdale was arrested after authorities found 60 explicit videos on Pornhub of a missing underage teenage girl. Uh, And then at that same time, there was a case involving 22 women and the girls do porn. We've talked about that uh, story, the girls do porn uh, account. Uh, These women were deceived, coerced, and even blackmailed by pornographer Michael Pratt, who's still a wanted fugitive, uh, into performing sex acts that were then recorded and uploaded online without their consent. So this is I mean, you can, these stories are a dime a dozen, unfortunately. Yeah. Obviously, as you mentioned, Trey, like we would, as Christians view any pornography as wrong, but this idea of consent, this is their big virtuous thing. Like we need to make sure there's consent and then it's okay. And obviously as Christians, we have a different standard. What's your guys' reaction to that where they look for consent and that seems to be this moral standard that they aim for? I feel like we're we're struggling with this issue on multiple fronts, right? You've got the transgender issue, right, which we've talked a lot about on the show. You know, apparently there's no <laughs> consent doesn't really matter there. It's just like, oh, anybody can do it, right? right. So we seem to really be, but you can't get a tattoo without parental permission. You can't do all right. these other things without parental permission. You know, what's dangerous about that is when consent is sort of your end all be all, you know, what happens if people start saying, oh, we should change consent or, yes. oh, we... You know, that's that's where I think and that's what we've done with the transgender issue. Oh, well, the parents are able to make the decision for the kid and it's irreversible. But, you know, that's whatever. But, well, what's to stop us, God forbid, from parents saying that they're going to do the same thing here? Yeah, I I guess that's what I'm getting. You're right, Billy. And you thank you for explaining kind of what I was thinking and thinking out loud. When you don't have an ultimate moral standard, you're going to change that standard. And you're seeing that now with the drag shows that are aimed at kids. And I think it's only a matter of time. And we saw it with the maps, the minor attracted people. They're trying to destigmatize attraction to children. And 
if you don't have an ultimate standard to look to, what's to stop you from it? I think you're right. I think that's the road we're headed down, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that's that's 100% true. I agree with both of you. It's a slippery slope that really has no has no end. We can just keep sliding. Yeah. But I think another thing, too, as far as Christians and how we address pornography within our own community, because let's be honest, this is an issue that's hurting churches pretty seriously. Um, I think we have to realize that it's a secondary issue, right? Like if you're looking at pornography, usually it's because of an identity issue. It's because of a loneliness issue. It's, you know, all, all these other things. And I think that's the issue with our culture too. The reason the LGBT stuff, I think gets so much traction is because people don't know where their identity lies. They don't know their value as a human being. Uh, and if, you know, if you don't know what identity is and you don't value human life, uh, and then you have this slippery slope, it's hard to find any sort of moral compass to guide yeah. you. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, Trey, thanks for bringing us that one. That's going to lead us into our main thing for today. And Billy sat down with Tim Tebow to talk about the gospel, the gravity and severity of it, and uh, and really a wide-ranging conversation. We're going to check out a few minutes of that on today's main thing. Now, I asked Tim an important question. Why does he believe it's so essential to speak about his faith? A lot of other celebrities, a lot of other well-known people, they might not be as outspoken as he is. Here's what he had to say about why he's so passionate about spreading the gospel. I think it's the most loving thing that we could do. If you really believe the rescue mission of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all time of what he did for us on the cross, if I really believe that, and, and that it counted for me. And that when Jesus died, it's what the angel said. It's the good news of great joy for all the people. And and if I've been able to receive this free gift, not because I'm good, not because I deserve it, not because I've earned it, because I'm, I'm not good. I'm so flawed. I'm so messed up. But his grace has been sufficient. And And if I don't share that with someone else, that's not loving. It's actually selfish. And mm. the most loving thing that I can do is to share that in a kind and loving way, but it's to say, hey, you know what? I didn't deserve this, but but through God's grace, this is a, a this is something that I've been able to experience, and I want to share it with you because I love and care about you so much. And and that was something that my dad shared with me a long time ago. It's the most loving thing you can do. And then also uh, to add to that, it's also worth it. Sharing the greatest story, sharing what God has done, sharing how much he loves humanity, sharing how much he loves you and every single person I come in contact with, it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And um, and that's just something that um, I know I failed at many times in my life, but I know for as many days as I have going forward, I, I want to be able in the most loving, careful, um, thought through, um, articulate way, try to you know, to share the good news of the gospel because it's the greatest message of all time. And I got to hear my dad so many times in marketplaces all over the world stand up and say, I want to tell you about the greatest trade in the history of the world. Because you would see people in markets trading different things and trading pesos and back and forth. And he would stand up and say, it's the greatest trade. And when you really understand the gospel, it is the greatest trade. The greatest trade of he gives us righteousness and takes our sin. Like what? What an amazing gift. And um, I, I just, I hope that I um, am able to share that for a long time because it's the greatest message. And I know there's been too many times where um, I haven't for whatever reason, but I want to love people enough to be able to share that. Now that's so good. And you know, you've been, you've been in these arenas where it's often difficult for people because you have a lot of people saying great things about you all the time. You have a lot of attention and you've navigated that 
so well. And nobody's perfect, right? You're so humble in what you were saying there. But I think that humility in all of this is such an important thing. How have you held on not only to the humility, but to the authenticity of who you are and that ability to share that in the midst of so much, you know, and I'm going to use the word chaos because fame comes with chaos. How have you been able to do that so well? Well, I think, you know, understanding the gospel, I think really does humble us because we didn't do anything to earn it. We don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. For by grace, we have been saved through faith. It is not of our works so that we can't boast. It is, it, it's not about how good we are. It's about how perfect Jesus is. And so I think when you understand the gravity and the severity of the gospel, there's nothing that we get to brag about. And there's nothing that I get to brag about. And if there is only one thing I get to brag about, it's him, not me. And I think just the more that you, we get to dive in and study the gospel and study the love of, of Jesus for humanity, I just think the more that it humbles us to just say, man, this is something that I, I had no power over. I had no control over. God loved us enough to send his son on a rescue mission for us and has offered us this free gift by grace and grace alone. And, and that, is, that is humbling. And when we think that we did something for it, we just missed the mark. And mm. I know many times I've missed the mark. But man, when, you just, when you're reminded of the cross, and I've been able to go to, to Israel and to be there and to, to be able to be in the empty tomb, and you just think, oh my goodness, like, it's yeah. so humbling. It is just so humbling. And, and I just, I don't want to, to be someone that when, when that points people to me, because if they look at me, I promise I'll let them down. But mm -hmm. if they look at Jesus, he'll never let them down, period. And so if, if, if there are people that look at me, I just, I hope that I can just say, no, no, listen, you know, if there's something, you know, good that I've done, it's by grace, but there's a lot of things that I've messed up on. And so if you're looking at me to evaluate Christianity or Jesus, I promise I'm going to give you the wrong picture. But if you look at Jesus's life and you look at the Bible and you look at, you know, what God's word has to say, that will never let you down. Yeah. You're like the beacon to point to the spotlight, to the real truth, right? Like being the beacon, not being the focal point, but pointing people to the Lord. That is so, that is so huge. And you're doing that again here with this book, with Mission Possible. You know, you also have a, a version of this for young people as well. And so you've got these books, these devotionals, you said it's your first devotional, which I know is a very different process of putting that sort of thing together. Um, yeah. But what for you is success? At the end of the day, somebody picks up the devotional and they finish it. What do you want the impact to be on them? I want the impact to be that if they don't know Jesus, that they know how much Jesus loves them. And that one day maybe they say yes to believing that Jesus loves them enough to go to the cross for them. And they believe what he did on the cross and they believe that it counted for them. And those that, that do know the Lord, my, my prayer would be that they, they understand that not only do they get to have a personal relationship, but God has also called us to be co-laborers with him. Not because we're worthy, equipped, or deserving, but because that's part of his plan. He, we get to be co-laborers with him. And, and that we also not just understand Ephesians 2, 8, 9, but also understand Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his masterpiece in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to walk in. I want every single person that picks up the book to then understand, oh my goodness, I have good works to do that God prepared for me long ago. And I, 
I, you know, I'm flawed, but I still am a masterpiece in Christ Jesus because what he's done for me. And I hope that is something that can be a catalyst for them to go out and, and, and try to live out the mission that God has for them, live out those good works that God has for them. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation. Always good to have Tim Tebow stop by. I mean, you know, every now and then he makes himself available and he hops on and it's uh, it's great to catch up with him. He's he's always got uh, interesting things going on, a strong man of faith. So uh, thanks for that conversation. But that leaves us with time for one last thing. All right, so Galatians 5.25, I love this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple verse, like live by the Spirit, follow Jesus, follow the Holy Spirit, keep in step with him. It's just, it's simple advice that sometimes is maybe hard to follow depending on where we are. Yeah. No, I think it is. It's great advice. And I think uh, God's going to give you the word sometimes that you think you're not going to be able to do. So you just trust the spirit to lead you in those situations and match up what you do to the gospel. Does it align with the gospel? And then trust that the spirit's going to lead you. I think it's a great reminder. Yeah, something that I'm uh, learning and trying to live out in my own life is the principle that I think the Lord honors action. And I think that verse kind of speaks to that. If we just move in the next right direction, we don't have to make all the right steps or say all exactly the right things, but the Lord honors that. And I think he'll craft us, uh, you know, into his will and, and to look more like him as we go, as long as we just keep moving. Yep. Obedience first and uh, the rest will fall into place. Uh, But that is all the time we have for this episode of the Quick Start Podcast. And as always, we appreciate you being here. And Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we'll be back here tomorrow with more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. If you haven't already, what do you do? Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. All that good stuff. You know what to do. But we will be back here tomorrow. God bless. See you then.